Good morning, friends. How is everybody? Good. I'm a little sad today. This is where we're then the wrapping up our series on discipleship on Unhurried, and I have just loved it so much. Um, it's essential to talk about discipleship, even though it is such a challenge to our core, uh, because especially when we have a series that's founded on patience, which all of us, I know, struggle with. But I pray that this has been a time for you to reflect on your own discipleship, how God has used you to make disciples, how you've used your story and shared the gospel. And I really pray it's been a fruitful time for you to really reflect on what it is to be a disciple who makes disciples. So during this series, we've talked about a new vision, a vision um, of what a disciple is and a disciple is to act. To abide in Christ, change like Christ, and take action for Christ. And I'm going to dig into this a little bit just to review because I'm going to talk about how they all work together. And so the first one that we talked about was to abide in Christ. And this is the head portion. As disciples, we want to know the one whom we follow. We seek to abide in him by growing in his word, by studying the word by studying his ways, being present with him as much as we can, by focusing our thoughts on him and not on ourselves. You see, if we aren't filling our heads with Christ, we are filling our heads with something. Jenny Allen, in her great book, um, Get Out of Your Head, says, The greatest spiritual battle of our generation is being fought between our ears. And we talked about this in the first week, about how we are split in so many different directions, how we just get information so quickly, that patience is a nuisance, that information is everywhere. And so I asked today, what are we distracted by? What is grabbing our attention that's keeping us from keeping our attention on Christ today? The next portion is to change like Christ. We just talked about last week, it is the heart portion God offers to transform, to mold us, to cleanse us, form us, weld us through our hearts. And guess what God uses to get that done? He uses great patience, (laughs) that great virtue that we all struggle with. He uses for us because when it comes to change, none of us like it. I can't say none of us. I actually love change. (laughs) I love it. I love variety and I love different things going on all the time. So I can't say none of us because some of us do. But God uses patience because of all of our excuses that we use. And so what I'm going to do is I want to talk about some of these excuses and then talk about what they really mean. And I can use these and say this stuff because I have done it before too. So I'm, you know, looking in the mirror, talking to myself when I say these things. But sometimes we say, well, I can't change. I just can't. But what we really mean is I won't change. Or we say, well, I just am who I am. But what we really mean is I am who I choose to be. Or we say whenever it comes to the way we think, well, that's just how I'm wired. No, what really means is that's what I've chosen to allow myself to think. And lastly, the good one that we've all used is, well, that's just how God made me. That's just how God made me. Now, when we say that, Definitely God makes us with different gifts and different qualities, and we are all different. We're all diverse, and this is all, this is all good. But if we're saying that's how God made me in relation to something that's not, not as of God, such as anger or impatience or pride, well, then we can't really say that's how God made me. You see, 
if, if our excuses about who we are do not align with who God is and what God's about, then it's not that's how God made you. That's how you have made yourself. If we aren't experiencing the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, and gentleness, then it's not how God made us. It's not allowing our hearts to be transformed. And lastly, the one we're going to talk about today is taking action for Christ. If we thought the other two were hard, this one's just as hard. None of this is easy. Being a disciple isn't an easy feat. Jesus never tells us that it will be. But what he tells us is we aren't alone. But in this one, it's where we get our hands dirty. It's where we put our money where our mouth is. We roll our sleeves up. We get to work. It is time to make the donuts. Y'all remember the Dunkin' Donuts commercial? It's time to make the donuts. That's what this one is, okay? We're really digging in, and we're getting into the work. We're getting our hands dirty. This is the hands portion. So we have head, heart, and hands, because being a disciple takes all of us, every single part of what makes us who we are. And I love the Hebrew word, for the humanity, the, all of human nature, and that's nephesh. You'll hear me say that over and over because I love it. The Hebrews had one word for humanity, for what makes human nature, and it's nephesh. Because it takes every single part of us, all of it, engaged to take part in this discipleship calling. If all you do is study, but you don't allow it to absorb into your hearts and to change you, to allow God to use it to transform you, well, all you have is head knowledge. It's great. You've got it up here. You're really smart, but that's where it stays. It doesn't do much. If you have head knowledge and you go straight to doing, well, I'll let Jesus share what he says about that. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Ouch. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful, but inside they are full of bones of the dead and of all kinds of filth. So you also on the outside look righteous to others, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. He does not beat around the bush. The scribes and Pharisees were brilliant. They had all of the Torah, every, but they were missing the heart portion of letting it transform them to reflect the love of God. They were missing it. You can't just know and do in discipleship. You have to know, change, and do. Now, I know that this looks very simple, but I'm very proud of this little person. I worked hard on it to try to reflect what's in my brain, to give you a visual <laughs> of these three things, working in action. But all throughout Scripture, God gets to the heart of the matter, and the heart of the matter is the heart. To open our hearts up, to be vulnerable, to share our deepest, darkest struggles and sins with God, with ourselves, with each other, to be honest about who we are so that we can grow, so God can show us where we need to grow, what we need to turn over to him. And so when we look at each part of what it is to be a disciple, this ACT acronym that we've given you, we learn that it is this circle. You've got the head portion, the heart portion, and you've got the, whoops, I knew I did that. You've got the hands portion. But that circle can grow 
or it can shrink depending on your heart. Depending on your heart. We can't truly abide in Christ and know everything about him unless we are allowing that to transform our hearts and change us. And we're not going to truly change until we start acting on God's love in our lives and what he has revealed to us about himself. It is this beautiful circle. They are all tied together, but our heart has to be engaged. It has to be open to what God is revealing to us about ourselves so that we can change and be more like him. Otherwise, we're just spending time learning and doing not transforming, not becoming like Christ so that he can reflect through our actions and through our words and through the knowledge that we share. This circle of life, this life circle that we have through discipleship, it's a circle that is bonded and grown and cultivated through love. Through love, love for God. And love for others. When we experience God's love, it transforms us. It expounds. We feel it so strongly that all we can do is allow it to release. God designed it that way. He doesn't want us to stay closed in, holding on to who he is and what he's done for us. He doesn't want us to hold that individually. He wants us to share it. And be open with it, with the world. That is discipleship. That love is what makes disciples who makes disciples. Because then when we experience that love, we aren't held back by fear. We aren't held back by our busy schedules or by time or by excuses or by the enemy. We are focused. We are ready to make God a priority in our life and to join him in the mission work that he is calling us to do in sharing the gospel, sharing our experience of who God is in our own lives. I want to jump into our scripture for the day from 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. Hear the word of God. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so, speaking as one the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. The word of God. So I know this is an interesting scripture to talk about when we're talking about taking action for Christ. But I did it for a reason. I chose this scripture because it talks about a way that we take action that we know we should, but we don't often talk about it. We don't emphasize it. Typically, when we think of taking action for Christ and we think about loving, we think of loving those people that's really hard to love, our enemies, those people we don't agree with, those people that are different, believe differently than us, the lost, the poor, the oppressed, and the afflicted. And friends, I'm not up here saying that that is not all true. We absolutely have to love and share the gospel 
with those groups of people. Absolutely. And luckily, our next series is on mission and doing all of that great work. So there's a fun nugget for you for next week. But I want to talk about today how we take action within a community of believers. Because that's exactly living one another within a community of believers. You see, the church has a bad rep. We have a bad rep in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's warranted to have that bad rep. But one of those ways we have a bad rep is because we spend time with one another. And that can seem cliquish or exclusive. But we have to. We have to spend time with one another. Jesus did. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the Christ, he had people. He invited people to be disciples, to drop everything and to follow him. And it wasn't just so they could learn about who he was. Of course, they learned together. They grew together. They prayed together. They served together. They ate together. They lived life together. They became a community of believers where deep discipline, trust, and love were cultivated. I know I've said this before, and I love Jesus' divinity. I love it. I love that he is divine and that he came here. But I love that he took on full humanity. And I love looking at Jesus as a human. Because that's where I can relate. That's where we relate. That's why one of the big reasons why he did that is so he, we would know that everything we're going through, everything we're experiencing, the hard stuff, the great stuff, he too experienced in full humanity. And so I asked the question, how did Jesus make it as a disciple when he was here on earth as fully human and fully divine? Now I know that of course he depended on his divinity. He depended on the strength of his father. We see that when he went off to pray to his father. We know that. And we know that his humanity depended on the father, just as he teaches us to depend on them as well through the Holy Spirit. But he also had the strength of those around him, the 12. Now, I know that the disciples have a bad rep. They were all hot messes, just as we are. They struggled with their humanity. They struggled in life. But don't think for one second that at moments in Jesus' life, these people didn't provide strength and courage and joy for Jesus. Of course they did. He was human. He needed that as a human. And that's why he had those people around him. And when we look at this life circle of us individually, but when we look at it in a group of people, we see that their life circles, our life circles, when we get with a group of people, our life circles, that grow with each other's experiences and thoughts and the revelations that we have had individually, we can now share with each other and talk about that and grow together through those revelations. We bear each other's burdens We hold each other accountable when it's tough. We cry together. We laugh together. We live life together. We serve together, pray together, and we love God together. These life circles are what brings us as disciples the strength we need so that when we depart from this close community, 
bonded together through God's love, our circle will still be full. It will have grown. So that when we step out into the world, we touch more people. We reflect more of God in all that we do. And when we're in this group, it is sort of exclusive. There really is an exclusivity about it. Because it's where we can be vulnerable. It's where we can be open and honest about our struggles. We can't go out in the world and talk about this stuff. They're not ready for it. Sometimes we aren't even ready for it. But when we have this group of people where we can do that, God will bless us. He will allow us to grow. But, so we live a little exclusively here so that we go out into the world, we can be inclusive, allowing that love to be reflected, to show that love that we feel so strongly within this group to a world that may have never experienced it. And once that seed is planted, I don't know how that seed's going to be planted in so many different ways. God will do what he does in so many different ways and harvest that seed and help it to grow so that maybe the people who are wondering about us, the love that we are reflecting, may someday be brought into this circle to experience that love and growth for themselves. We were not created to do this alone. We were not created to live this life individually. Francis Chan says this, the church is a group of redeemed people that live and serve in such a way that their lives and communities are transformed. What matters is your interaction with the people God has placed in your life. If you are not connected with other Christians serving and being served, challenge, challenging and being challenged, then you are not living as he desires. And the church is not functioning as he intended. Francis Chan knows how to bring it, doesn't he? He gets you right here. He calls you out. And that's exactly what he's saying. What he's saying is, if you can't love one another here in this community, where y'all believe basically that Jesus is the Savior of the world, if you can't serve one another and allow yourselves to be challenged and challenge one another in that love, it's going to be really, really difficult to do it out in the world where you're going to be persecuted and beat up and treated so harsh. God tells us that, that that's going to happen. If we aren't allowing God to be God here through us, we're not going to get it right out there in a big place, that that kind of transformation, this being a disciple is acting, to do that is through small groups. And don't roll your eyes at me. Oh, she's the minister over discipleship. I don't have a quota to meet. <laughs> I'm not trying to get people in small groups because I can check a box. Woo, I did this this year for my eval. Nope. <laughs> That's not why I do this. I do this because God tells me how important it is I've experienced through my own life how essential having a group of people around me has so that I can survive doing this. It is hard work, and we need the strength of one another. And these small groups are life circles. They really are. And we can say, but we come to church every single week. We're either here in person or we're watching online, and that is fantastic. Coming to church and worshiping communally is an essential part of discipleship. 
But it's not the only part. We need a space where we can share our struggles, where we can be vulnerable, where we can talk about where we're struggling, where we're kind of doubting God, where we don't understand, so that we can grow in that and God can reveal to us new knowledge, where we serve together, hold each other accountable. I know I've said that a couple times. It's a hard piece, but we need to do that in love. That stuff doesn't happen in worship. That happens in small groups. Small groups allow us the chance to disciple others through our individual life circle so our individual life circle can be discipled by others. And we have a wonderful small group life here at St. John. I am so proud of all the people that make that possible and the work that God is doing within those ministries. So what do you do if you're not in one? You join one. Reach out to me. Reach out to someone that you know has a small group. Or better yet, lead one. Oh, I don't like the word lead. Facilitate one. I don't have the gift to teach. I don't have the gift to do this. It doesn't matter. You know what matters? Is that you can admit, I don't know everything. <laughs> I'm not going to have all the answers. Because you're not. It doesn't matter what facet you're serving or leading or allowing God to help you grow in. We don't know it all, and we're not going to. Like I said, it's a place where we can be vulnerable. And if you're still not ready to do that, well, I invite you to take a class that we're going to offer in the fall called ACT Discipleship Discovery. And it is going to be three sections that dig in to this ACT acronym, Abiding in Christ, Change Like Christ, and Take Action for Christ. You're going to feel like you're drinking with a water hose. It's going to be a lot of information. But at the end of it, I guarantee you're going to go, I think I know how God wants me to serve. I think I know. I think I know what gifts I have. I think I know God better now that I know what he desires of me to be a disciple. These life circles, these accountability groups, which are a Deeper. So you've got like the big church, right, that we're all a part of. You've got the local church, which is this, the little C and the big C, which I like to call them. You've got small groups. You can even take that a little bit lower to accountability groups. And these are gender-specific groups of no more than four people. That's where the hard work happens too. All of these different groups, these different bodies, God designed for us because we need them. We need community to get us through the hard work of discipling. These small groups, these accountability groups, these are where we fail, but where we are built up, where we are loved. And these life circles grow and strengthen so that we can become more like Christ and more of the disciple that he's calling us to be. So that when we go out into this world, guess what? We're living differently than the world is living. We stand out in a good way, as this girl does in this picture. And this vision, just, it just kills me every time I look at it. And it's not because she's really restful and peaceful, and I'm not sure how that feels a lot of the time. It's really because she doesn't need what the world is offering behind her. She is focused on the thing that brings her life, and in my opinion, that's Christ. When she has Christ, she doesn't need anything else that the world has to offer. 
And that's the whole point Jesus makes to us through his life. Be different. Be like Jesus. So when you're finally asked why you're different, and it'll happen if you're allowing this to live out through you, that you can point to the one who has made you different. Live in a way that makes people wonder. Stand out humbly but boldly. Be patient but relentlessly. And live on purpose, on God's purpose, unhurried. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are. We know this challenge of being a disciple, of declaring your gospel, of allowing our hearts to fully surrender over to you, and therefore, all of us, every single part of what makes us, us, God, to surrender to you, we know that's hard. And you told us it would be, but you promised you would always be with us through every single step of the way, and you are. And God, not only are you there through your Holy Spirit, but you provide us with people. People who are sure are going to have their own stuff, their own struggles, who are going to let us down here and there. But God, you send people into our lives so that we can have the strength, the continued strength to do this and to grow so that we can learn more about you. God, we pray that as we continue to praise you and worship you, that you will reveal to us how you're asking us to step up and step out to be your disciples. Lay on our hearts the calling you have. Take any inhibition away from us, God, so that we will fully dedicate ourselves to you. God, we love you and we praise you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.